Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome. Guy Haberman here. Haberman, a Middlecoff podcast. Been a uh, holiday week. And so hope you had a good one with the New Year's coming up. Been uh, I don't know if you guys got three episodes. Did you get maybe you got two episodes this week? Well, anyway, here's uh end of the week episode. John's off from the pod this week. I'm doing a uh, Cal Arizona basketball game on Friday night, but I wanted to get something off to you because I had the chance to fill in with um, our longtime friend of the show, John Dickinson, his new job over at uh, KNBR where he does the uh, Warriors post game show and a bunch of other stuff. And um, I got a text from him. And a text from uh, Adam Copeland, the program director, a few weeks ago that said, do you want to fill in uh, this this week after uh, after Christmas with J.D. for a few days? And I said, yes, I'd love to. I knew I had nothing really as much going on this week um, and, other than hanging out. And um, I love uh, hanging with J.D., so that was an easy one. And the benefit of it for you is that um, we get to talk with uh, John Lynch and Greg Papa on uh, Friday on KMBR. And... Uh, I'm going to play both those interviews, but let's promote KMBR since I'm using the audio. Um, John Lynch, the 49ers GM, if you're not listening already, he appears every Friday morning on KMBR at 8 a.m. And then Greg Papa, the voice of the Niners, is on uh, every day in the midday starting at 10 a.m. with uh, our buddy John Lund. So a lot of buddies involved there. Um, but we got to talk to John Lynch about a bunch of stuff, including his history with Stingers. Brock's had a couple now. And um, I, I said to him, John, have you had stingers? Which, if I'd Googled John Lynch neck, I would have remembered that he had neck surgery, had a ton of stingers. So he's really an expert on the subject. And um, and so we'll get to that in just one second. Before that, here's a reminder. We're brought to you by Tito's Handmade Vodka. This is, Tito's is good 365, but on New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, come on. Maybe a, Tito himself, his drink, if you want to be like Tito, is the Tito's Water and lime. Oh, no, Tito's Water and lemons actually his drink. But I've done it with the lime, too, and, and that's great. Whatever you like, you're going somewhere, you're hosting people, you're ordering, bellying up at the bar, make it a Tito's and whatever you want, or just a Tito's by itself. Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. Our John Lynch conversation starts with J.D. I took out the question, but J.D. just asked about the schedule this time of year in terms of the responsibilities of a NFL GM and John Lynch got into some interesting stuff. Here we go. It's a busy time of year. We're, uh, you know, for instance, this week, right after the game, you know, we, we started, you know, kind of our first iteration of free agent meetings. And when I say we start, uh, um, that, that process is always ongoing. You're studying players, and but it, it's the first formal time we come in here and start looking at the at the different stacks and the way we've graded people at each positions, and you start to get a landscape. You look at the college class, and you say, okay, here's what's going to be here in the college draft with the with this said position group, and now we say, okay, here's what's out there, and, and we look at our own roster. And so, um, you know, that's the cool thing about this job. It's never – never ending it's uh you know it's it's always um really focused on what we're doing right now and invested in that but also having to look ahead and having the opportunity to do that and try to figure out the puzzle on 
um, how do you how do you improve what already is a really good team? And um, but the, the the biggest focus is on on our current team. And yeah, we did have a have a tough loss to uh, to Baltimore. Uh, I think our team's done a nice job as in, invested as we were in that, and as looking forward as we were looking to that matchup and disappointed with the way it, it played out. We understand we got to move forward, and we've got everything that we want um, in front of us and in our own control and we just got to the important thing is that you take care of business and and uh, you take all that disappointment you learn from it you move forward and understand that um, you know we we've got to go uh, a long way on a short week and so there's challenges involved but we got to go play the way we're capable of playing and then we'll be all right. Well, John, it's really interesting to hear you talk about, you know, the, the conversations about free agency starting here uh, this week and, and next week. So does that will, will you not go or does it not make sense for you to go? We've got a heavyweight fight coming up on Monday at the Rose Bowl. Alabama is going to play Michigan. Is that that is not part of what your schedule will look like next week? Attending that game, you'll, you'll let's have scouts at that game. Yeah, exactly. We'll we'll have uh, scouts, and that's not to say I won't head out from time to time. But um, you know, we're in a, a busy type of time of year right now, and um, you know, there's there's so much to do with our own roster each week. I mean, coming out of that Monday night game, we were a banged up team, and you're you're starting to say, okay, how are we going to put together this roster? And you're waiting on medical information. Um, you know, unfortunately, a lot of it's broken in a good way, so. Um, but you know that's that's why you got to rely on people, and we've assembled a really good team of, of college scouts. Uh, you know, um, uh, our pro scouts led by R.J. Gill and Adam Peters, who leads them all, and Tarek Ahmad, our, our college uh, scouting director. I mean, really a, a talented group, and so there's a lot of trust. You get the film, and we visit the schools at different times. So, um, you know, not not to say we don't go out on the road. I don't go on the road, but uh, right right now, it's it's good to be around our team. Well, let's. I mean, you mentioned the injuries, uh, Jair Brown specifically, in part because we've got a guy who you may need to step up immediately, uh, and he hasn't been around that long. Logan Ryan, who's been this is an impressive guy. He was an, I didn't realize he was an all state quarterback in high school in New Jersey, and then he's an all American. Um, so what, 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 how's Jair, how do you kind of assess where Jair is and what does Logan Ryan have to do to get himself up to speed to potentially play a huge role for this team? Well, first of all, you know, I got to point out, you know, Jair, um, you know, the, 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 the football character of the young man, the, the overall character, I mean, he played, uh, you know, injured his knee in the first quarter of that game versus Baltimore played the entire game. And then we find out, you know that he's 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 got uh, you know he's got an injury, um, and um, so you know you appreciate who he is, what he represents, and the way he's been playing. Um, you know, it, it, unfortunately, there's there's a there's patterns that happen in this league, and it seems like uh, you know that injuries kind of happen in bunches to certain position groups. It started with Hufanga, um, George Odom, then went down. And then Jair comes in and is settling settling in and doing really well. Thank God to Sean Gibson's been a, uh, you know, he, he stayed healthy and kind of held it down back there. But we had to start looking for some depth. And it's nice when there's a vet like Logan Ryan out there. And, uh, you know, we identified, we started having conversations. 
Um, you know, when we pulled the trigger, he was on a Disney cruise <laughs> with his with his kids. He had never been on a cruise, and um, you know, once once we had an opportunity, he, he said, "Look, I got to finish off this cruise." But I, you know, I've been staying in shape, and you know, then give me ten more days, and I'll be ready. And so that's kind of how it happened. And and Logan, it's nice to have a guy um, got a lot of versatility to his game. Has played some. Uh, nickel over the years for championship teams in New England, um, you know, <clears throat> was last in, in Tampa and uh, was playing at a high level, played well against us when we last played them, so, um, you know, a couple years ago. And uh, so, Logan, it's nice that if Jair can't go, that uh, you can turn to a guy like Logan Ryan and feel very comfortable with what you have back there. John Lynch joining us here on KNBR. I want to follow up just on on Jair Brown a little bit. I know it was categorized as a a knee sprain, I believe, by by Kyle. Is is there any as as much as you can or or care to share update on on potential timeline for for Jair Brown and and, and the significance of that uh, injury? No, I, I mean Kyle said it. It's a it's a knee sprain, and and uh, you know there's timelines on that, but uh, those are just just that timelines and and Jair's eager. He's young, so he heals quickly, um, and it's it's one of those that's going to go right down to the wire. And and uh, you know I know he wants to play. He's been out moving around. We'll see if he can make it. If not, Logan will fill in, and we feel very confident that he'll do a really good job. So. Um, you know, that one is, you know, uh, uh, a number of our injuries this week are, are going to be kind of going right down to the wire. John, I want to just get into the Ravens game a little bit. Obviously, disappointment to a couple of really good teams this season. The the story of the game was the turnovers and in particular the, the interceptions, uh, four of them for, for Brock Purdy. Just what would kind of your overarching thoughts on, the way the game got out of hand and Brock Purdy's performance in the game. Yeah, I we we knew we had a ton of respect for the opponent coming in. We knew we were facing a really good football team. Uh, we thought the best football team we we uh, had the opportunity to play all year, and uh, they were just that. Um, you know, I I think they uh, they they made the plays, and and um, you know we were number one in turnover differential going into the game. It's been a huge part of our success, the way we've been protecting the ball and we've been taking it away. Quite simply, we gave it away and we didn't take it away. And and so when you have two good teams playing and uh, one has five turnovers, the other has zero, it's uh, it's not going to work out well. And um, <clears throat> you know we have to learn from it. Um, great respect for that team. The very physical football team, well coached, well put together. Um, and we learn from it. And uh, the biggest thing is to be able to turn the page because we got to go take care of business. And and uh, you know. I've been on teams like where Washington's at early in my career in Tampa. And there is a freedom to, uh, you know, a freedom, number one, to, hey, we got nothing to lose in the way that a team like Washington uh, can play. Also, you know, there's a lot going on, a lot of speculation. People don't know who they're going to play for, so they want to put real good film out there. And, uh, you know, because they don't know who they're trying to impress. And so, um you know you're going to have a motivated bunch, and we we got to be just that, and we got to bounce back. And and like I said earlier, understand that everything that we want is in our control, and just go execute and and play our game. And uh, some of the things we talked about in terms of protecting the ball and taking it away, get back to who we are. Uh, I thought Brock had a really insightful 
mature, uh, interesting press conference yesterday uh, explaining the first interception, uh, talking about a lot of stuff. And, and one thing he said that I thought was interesting, John, was just about his state of mind and the lesson he learned in that game. It seems like every time he, he plays a game, he comes away with, he talks about like lessons learned. And, um, you know, he, he, he said that late in the game, he wasn't in the perfect state of mind and that maybe he was trying to make uh, one big play to win a game when that's, that's, that's just not what was necessary. And I thought what was incredible was despite it, he still, he was still making really impressive throws. Even after that fourth interception, he threw a ball to start that next drive behind Debo. And even Aikman on TV wondered, well, maybe he's a little rattled, which would be understandable. And then his next throw on second down, he delivers this 20 yard strike to Debo Samuel that makes you go, well, I don't know, maybe he still got it. So what was your observation, how he handled that, um, how any player in that position kind of, I'm sure as a, as a defender, that's what you're always trying to do is put guys in the wrong mindset. So what did you think of his mindset and how did you think he handled kind of as things started to maybe snowball on him? Yeah. I, you know, you, you like I've always been with Brock, just impressed. I, uh, and you say that in a four pick game, but I, I think exactly what you said in the fact that he, he didn't go into his shell. Uh, he kept playing the position. He kept, uh, kept uh, anticipating making throws before guys. Are, that's a hard thing to do, um, you know. Once you've once you've put a couple interceptions up there, he's trying to win a football game and thinking of nothing else. And so, um, you know, continue to be impressed by Brock. I, I think he's only you know maybe the Minnesota game where he threw a couple and um, you know had to deal with that kind of adversity, but just like you guys said, the way he comes out of it, it gives our team great confidence just because he's steady. He, he's steady. He's a competitor. Um, he's going to learn from his successes. He's going to learn from his failures. And we got a ton of belief that, uh, that uh, he's going to come out and, and learn from every situation and be his best version of himself the following week. And that's exactly what he's done this week and the way he's approached it. And uh, you got to go do it, obviously, but we have great confidence that he will because that's what he's always done. So, um, you know, I think the first interception, bad decision. The other one, some tip balls. I mean, he, he owns them, but, um, you know, some, it just was bad fortune. But, uh, you know, you learn from those things. You try to put yourself in the best situation, your team in the best situation going forward, and we all have to own that and, um, you know, deal with that disappointment. But the good teams turn the disappointment into – motivation and fuel to go play better and be be um be the team we know we're capable of being did did you deal with stingers in your career he's had two in a row and he talked about it yesterday too is that something that you dealt with much yeah unfortunately i mean that's when i left tampa that that kind of was at the at the core you know i had gone uh 11 years uh at tampa and in my 11th year I, i you know i Everybody gets them in the game, but uh, they they became more regular to the point where I had to have neck surgery. And so I know exactly what he's dealing with, and uh, it's not fun. You kind of got to break the the cycle of getting them on a a weekly basis, and it's just been the last couple weeks. And it has been minor, but they're not fun. Uh, They're they're not fun at all. And uh, so uh, hopefully we can can get moved past that. You know, I think he responded really well to – to uh, this one, and and uh, you know, hopefully we're in a good place. We can protect him, and and uh, you know, get 
get him kind of away from that and not make that something he's dealing with, uh, you know, anymore. It, it's John not like Chase, from what he's. Oh. I'm sorry, JD. I was just. It's not like from what he said. It's it. It's pretty individual. It based on the person. Is that is that kind of your experience with it as well, or 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 is, is everybody who gets them needs to avoid them for a few weeks to to get it to go away? No, I think it's different. It's it's different for each and every person as to why you're getting them and how you're getting them and all that. And you know, we uh, believe me, we would we would never put Brock in a position where we don't think it's smart for him to be out there. And um, you know, there's there's obviously a bunch of highly qualified docs that are are evaluating them and and Brock's in a good place and um you know we're confident that that he can go out there and and uh you know perform and and you know and and be healthy out there final question for you John uh I want to ask you about Chase Young his return to Washington obviously he he spoke to how significant that is going to be for him I just wanted to get your thoughts on what Chase Young has meant to this team in the, the second half of the season after you've acquired him, what have you what have you made of his impact? The numbers maybe haven't been there, but but it's pretty clear from watching that just having someone with his skill set has helped open a lot of things up for for your defensive line and, and the pass rush overall. Just kind of give us your take on Chase here as as you head down the stretch of the season and he goes back to DC. Uh, he, Chase has been phenomenal. You know, there are a lot of things said, and that happens in this league when people leave places. But I, you know, my parents taught me, you know, growing up that you always make your own judgment on people. And you know, we had had some interactions on Chase. We didn't put much into him because we knew we weren't getting them. But it had some interaction, talked to some people, and spoke very highly of him. Nick obviously had been around him, and. Um, you know he's been awesome. He's been awesome to work with. Um, man, he's he he looks good in a uniform, and <laughs> and uh, he he's been really good for us. Just throwing another guy into the mix. Um, you know it's it's funny since he's been here in here, we've been chasing the likes of Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, uh, Hertz. Um, so <laughs> you know I I you know it's. Um, it's been some big challenges, but he's made us better. He's made everybody better. He's been, he's really assimilated to that group. That's a tight group. And, uh, he's jumped right in and the guys really like him. He's given great effort. Chase's, I uh, can't say enough good things about him. And then he's supremely talented. So, um, it's been a, it's been a great addition. Um, you know, we're, uh, that's a position we like being strong and I, you know, at, and, and he's added a lot to the mix there. ButcherBox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at ButcherBox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. 
What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, so there was uh, John Lynch, and again, you can hear him every uh, Friday morning on KNBR. Then we then we had Greg Papa on, and um, JD uh, welcomed uh, welcome Greg to the show, and he was in a good mood, just getting ready for the uh, for the flight to uh, to Washington. And uh, here's Greg Papa. How are you, guy? <laughs> good to talk to you, Pop. Good to talk to you, man. I listened to your John Lynch interview. You're concerned about the uh, the stingers for Brock, huh? Uh. I wouldn't. I don't know if "concerns" the word. I'm just aware of him. Yeah. I mean, well, he never I had one in you... his career, and then he he got you know he got hit by uh, Dennis Gardeck in Arizona. That was kind of a weird one because he hit him high and on the side of the head, and then Clowney you know got him on uh, Christmas night, and uh, he could have come back into the game. It was a momentary shot of pain. He did come back into the Arizona game. He was back in and three snaps. So you don't want your quarterback leaving in the middle of a series, obviously. So it is a concern, and once you're you know, that nerve gets hit, uh, maybe reason, as John Lynch said, you know, he he had a series of them, and it could be an issue if he gets hit. So I say don't let the quarterback get hit in this game would be the one thing. And then the other part of it was just how good Sam Darnold played. I mean, he came in immediately and moved the team, his throwing arm, the way the ball comes out of his hand. You don't know when you, when you watch, you know, especially when he's running 49er scout team up against the number one defense or 
was the number one defense in football. Baltimore's is pretty good and a few other ones. Cleveland's pretty good. Um, you know, it's hard to move the ball against them, but he fights and he gets into it the way Brock did, the way Jimmy did when he was running scout team. And uh, then you see him get into a game, and he had been in a couple of mop-up roles, really not looking to push the ball, but he, he did in this game. And the touchdown pass to Ronnie Bailey through the pick at the end, but I thought Sam played really well on Christmas night. It it does give you some confidence that if he needed to go into a game in a situation that that he'd be able to function. I, I think I think more than function, right? I mean, you're hoping it doesn't happen because Brock's played so well, and the irony is it really hasn't needed to happen this year, even though they have the the safety net of of Darnold. But but I'm I'm kind of with you, Pop. I, I I liked what I saw in in finally getting an opportunity to see him. Well, I've been a big Sam Darnold fan going back to his USC days. He. Uh... He just, uh, he's such a great athlete, and he, he forced the ball. You saw him a lot in college, guy. He, you know, he turned the ball over way too much, but his ability to throw on the run uh, and specifically roll into his left is almost Andrew Luck-like, and we've seen it in the NFL. He had a touchdown pass against the 49ers during the pandemic year. We weren't there. We were doing the game on monitors at Levi's, but he rolled to his left, and he hit Braxton Berrios for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. It was the end of a game, and it was a blowout. Jets weren't very good. And uh, it was like, wow, what a play. I know the Niner coaches saw that, and they're just scouting him and always had an eye on him. USC runs the outside zone and the keep and the boot game off of it, and he's so good at that uh, that he would be a natural fit. Um, and he just was in bad situations. But he played great last year in Carolina, the last six games. I thought he figured it out. They had a strong running game. Steve Wilkes managed the game, and all play action, he was, he was, he was dicing. And then in training camp, he looked good. He looked good in the offseason. He had to learn the terminology a little bit. And um, But anyway, and then even in the Arizona game, J.D., when he came in for Brock for those three snaps, he was poised. He held the ball. He didn't rush the ball out of his hand. Uh, he had one that was really hot to Kittle, and George probably should have caught the ball. And then, you know, he had one when he first got in the game on Christmas night where he threw an out cut out right. I think it was to George. <laughs> it was like, whoa, wow. And, you know, Lamar Jackson is an elite runner. I think he's the greatest running quarterback of all time. You know, we saw Steve Young, and, you know, obviously Michael Vick was electric. There's been a lot of guys, but no one runs like Lamar. But he does not drive the ball. He has poor fundamentals. He throws off his back foot. He kind of flips the ball. So when a guy like Sam Darnold comes in, and and Brock's got a good arm, but not like Sam Darnold, it just kind of it kind of jumps out at you. Wow, Sam, Sam's got a big-time throwing arm. I mean, he, you know, the, I think the, the ball, to me, the best throw he had in the preseason was, and it camp included, was the ball that he threw to Ronnie Bell down the right yeah. sideline. In Vegas. Um, yeah. And it was after a month of watching Niner quarterbacks not be able to hit go balls in practice, and he hit that throw. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I thought, not, not, not that we, need to, we didn't intend to start just talking about Sam Darnold, but I, I thought the one thing from the Carolina tape at the end, watching it last year, was that he just, it felt to me like he held on to the ball too long. Sometimes he would extend plays too long. And I don't know what, what happened on the sack on the goal line where they're, you know, a score away from, they've got three timeouts. They're going to kick the ball off with three timeouts to Baltimore. And instead the the game ends there. Well, when you're not getting a lot of, you know, when you're the backup quarterback, you're not getting first team reps. So the game is going a little faster. So I'm, I'm applauding him for being patient in Arizona in this game. You know, you want to grip it and rip it. You want to get the ball out and be decisive like Brock is. And maybe at times Brock was too decisive, but um, I thought he played really well. There was a game, the very last game of the year that Sam played last year for Carolina was not good. Uh, The week before against Tampa, and they wound up losing that game, and Tampa wound up winning the NFC South with an 8-9 record. But uh, Sam played, uh, yeah, played Brady in that game. He played 
extraordinarily well. And then, you know, and he did throw the pick at the end and took the sack, as you noted, and just five turnovers from the quarterback position. You're, just, you're not going to win a game. I mean, you have to go back to Steve DeBerg in 1980, the last time the Niners had five combined and four were from Brock, and it's just unfortunate. The first one was just a bad read, obviously, with Kyle Hamilton. I don't know why he didn't see him there. He he said yesterday he was excited about the two, and they were the two passes right before. The Niners were just going right at Marcus Williams, the, the safety, the former New Orleans Saint. George Kittle got some man coverage against him and the 58-yarder and third down. He hit him again, and they were right down in the scoring zone on the 15-yard line. And I think he saw something that wasn't there with Debo, and uh, Hamilton hit him you know, and intercepted the ball. But the other ones were just, you know, you go back to the interception against Cincinnati, Jermaine Pratt's one where he tipped the ball up in the air. You know, the tip balls are just unfortunate here, and that was a highly unusual call. Mike McDonald taking it to the streets. The, uh, the Baltimore Raven defensive coordinator calling a double corner blitz, and I, we thought they were cat, which is slot corners. The, the Niners just condensed their wide receiver formation so tight, a lot like the Rams used to mainly. I don't know if they're still doing it now, a little bit more opening up with Puka. But in any way, they, everything is so tight where the wide receivers are right on top of the tackles. Um, where those corners don't have to come from great depth. And McDonald sent both corners, Brandon Stevens off one corner, Marlon Humphrey off the other one. Do you ever see that? And then he bailed the in, the inside backers out, and Stevens tipped the ball. You know, Brock was trying to slip that around to Debo. Had he been able to get it there, that would have been a big play. But but uh, Stevens is long at 6-1, and Humphrey took the ball. And, and then the third one was a bad decision with flags all over the field. And Christian, he couldn't see the chop block on the blitz inside, but he did see the two flags. So you got to realize they're in the interior line, offensive line. More than likely, they're going to be on the Niners. So even if you make a play, it's not going to count. So I thought, you know, basically the first and third one were the were the bad one. And the last one, the ball just got tipped and Patrick Queen took it back. Yeah, uh, as far as you know, overall and, and hearing Brock explain it, I, I thought he was you know, pretty thoughtful and, and introspective in, in his explanations at his press conference yesterday. I, I think the one thing that you know he showed in the game was just a willingness to to keep to keep slinging it. You always worry is a quarterback's confidence, at least I do, going to be shaken by interceptions regardless of the way they, they go down. But it it doesn't seem that the next couple of games will, will, will prove it, but it doesn't seem that he's going to be rattled moving forward by anything that went down against Baltimore on Monday night. No, I was there yesterday when he met the media, J.D., and he's Brock. You know, he had his, he had his hat pointing forward. He had a bad hair day one day after his birthday. And uh, he's going to be the same guy. He's He's, you know... Brock steady. Um, he just he's unflappable that way. It's not always going to go perfectly. You know the, the game, the Niners, uh, the catch game, the most famous game in the history of the franchise. They turned the ball over six times in that game, and Joe threw three interceptions. It happens. I think the one thing you look at, and I know it's just on you know, the quarterback throws the ball, and the other team takes it, so that's on him statistically. But it's not always that way. Football's the ultimate team game, and I would just you know why are there so many tips? passes resulting in interceptions the Jermaine Pratt one you know the one that was tipped by by Stevens to Marlon Humphrey the one later uh, that was tipped as well and got you know knocked up into the air and Kyle Hamilton intercepted it when Marlon Humphrey drove on the ball that one was more of a contested catch Um, you know Brock is smaller there's a reason why he did not go 
in the first round or higher in the draft. He's six feet, five, eight, seven inch tall. So there's going to be times where either he can't see it out of the midline of the pocket or they squeeze it down or the ball gets tipped. And it's not like he's had a very high volume of balls tipped, but he's had some tipped. And I think that's obviously the scouting report on him. And I think Baltimore also not just, you know, Brock does throw the ball outside the numbers more than the quarterbacks here under Kyle. But if you're scouting the Niners, to me, you're, you're taking away all those in-cuts. The Kittle over the middle, the Debo dig, the Ayuk slant, the McCaffrey-Texas route, all those in-breaking routes, and that's what Mike McDonald did. He showed pressure like he always does with those stacked linebackers, Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen, but he, he bailed out of it, and they went to the middle of the field and choked off the middle, and if he did bring pressure, he brought it from the outside, so unconventionally with a couple of corners. So... And you saw, you know, Cincinnati do that on the interception by Logan Wilson against Brock. So I think what you got to look at is, you know, Brock does throw the ball, but they're not all on him. Some are just on scheme, formation, predictability. You got to self scout yourself a little bit, and that's redundant. But he, um, you know, you got to kind of see where you are. And I, I think they'll they'll do that as well. But you know. We thought a little bit at, at various times, to, if teams stolen a blueprint, is there a blueprint how to beat Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia? I'm not sure anybody has the personnel like Baltimore does. They're so big. Their secondary is just huge. Those guys are all over 200 pounds. Kyle Hamilton goes 220 pounds. They are big, and they're big hitters. I thought the Niners would get them in space, and they did. They, they rolled up a lot of yards in this game, and they couldn't go cover George Kittle especially on man against Marcus Williams if we ever do see this team again in the Super Bowl. But uh, I thought they had a really good plan on, on where the Niners are. And there's certain landmarks that, you know, receivers like to get to out of certain formations. You go back to when Belichick was beating Peyton Manning when Peyton was very young in his career in Indianapolis. He ran a lot of no huddle or check with me and the concepts at the line and the, the routes. They never moved. Marvin Harrison was always right. Reggie Wayne was always left. And they just got to certain landmarks, and Belichick with that great zone just was able to drop into his zone and then close it down, and he frustrated Peyton for a long time. Watching Baltimore on Christmas night, they reminded me of a Belichick defense and also Herman Edwards. Herm, like 20 years ago with the Jets, you know, had a similar defense where he would drop into a zone. They weren't fast. They all wore black shoes. They looked slow as hell, but they, they just they got to the spots in accordion and the defense where they just came to the right spots at the right time and they were big enough to to knock the ball away. Well, uh, you know, I saw a graph yesterday that uh, only Steve Spagnuolo mixes coverages more than Mike McDonald does, the Ravens defensive coordinator, the Chiefs DC. Uh, yeah. And you hit on it. I mean, a long way to go. There are other questions to answer before you get to a Super Bowl. But if there is a rematch, then I think the 49ers should be thankful that they that they played this game. Better to have played a team and had them beat you early uh, then find out in the championship that, that they've got the antidote. So what, what lesson, if, if any, do you take out of this game? Should you be in a rematch with Mike McDonald's defense? Well, I, and they got a long way to go. They got a tough game this week against Miami. I, you know, we gave it to you on defense and then on offense, it's dealing with the scrambling ability of Lamar Jackson. And he's just, I don't know quite how to do that. To me, the, the, the Christmas night was a matchup of the two best running backs in football. It was Christian McCaffrey, who's the best overall player in football, and Lamar. And Lamar, 
he made some throws. You know, uh, they, they, they scored two touchdowns on four offensive plays in the third quarter. And they had that drive where Mitch punted them down to the five-yard line, and they drove it all the way down to the goal line. I, I was surprised they didn't go for it on fourth down, but they kicked the field goal. And that third quarter, they, they just they took the game. It was a domination, and they moved the ball. But the way they run the ball and, and losing, you know, J.K. Dobbins early in the year, and then later Keaton Mitchell, they lost a lot of their speed. So, they're, they're, you know, their guys inside are more power guys. Justice Hill's got a little juice, but... You know, Gus Edwards is a power back, and they just, you know, they give the 300-pound fullback, Ricard, and they try to bash your brains in with Lamar, and he's so good on the mesh point. He he fooled me one time. He fooled Fred Warner, uh, where he just rides that mesh point. He pulls it out, and he throws behind it on the RPO, or he keeps it and runs it, and you just can't let him get out, but he does. It's very hard to get him. You almost have to double spy him in and out, and, uh, you know, he's just he, he's going to make plays, so they're going to move the ball. But I think fundamentally, and I, you know, he's only won one playoff game in his career. I just don't know if he's a good enough thrower of the football. And it keeps coming down to that. And there was outcry in the offseason, the non-exclusive franchise tag. You know, people want to trade for him. He's holding out. Uh, I think the league still has reservations about his ability to win from the pocket. And uh, it, they do. And But he overcomes it because he's such a great runner. He's the second-best running back in football. And he's the best running quarterback of all time. He's so fast, but he's also change of direction, elusive. He spins, he slides, he he can get turned all around. He's completely different than Jalen Hurts. And he creates wide openings because you're misaligned. The touchdown pass to Zay Flowers, the Niners were caught in a, in a quick snap off a run up to the line of scrimmage. The one to Aguilar was a scramble drill. How do you deal with the scramble drill? You know, that's where he killed the Niners. So... That's hard. I, I, you know, you're gonna have to score on this team because they're they're not a you know, look at them, guy, and you don't think they're a high powered team. They haven't, you know, their wide receiving core is much better. Zay Flowers is a really good player. He's their best wide receiver. OBJ is not that guy anymore. Aguilar is a good player. Bateman and the tight end likely they may get Mark Andrews back at some point off that ankle injury. If they do make the Super Bowl, he could maybe play in that game, but just the fact that his running ability and the fear of him pressing the line of scrimmage causes bust in the secondary and then hell when he just wants to go run like he did at that 30-yarder right before halftime to get in the field goal range. So I, I think they'll change up their defense a little bit. They would have to be since the Niners have seen it, but uh, who they are offensively is who they are, and, and how do you deal with Lamar's legs? Greg, uh, I want to get into the the Commanders game uh, a, a little bit because it's it's a big one, and and the Forty ers lost their uh, advantage as far as you know needing to win two of the final three to get the one seed. So now the margin for error is gone. They have to win uh, on Sunday. They have to finish by beating the Rams, and if they do that, I think they'll get the the reset and the one seed and the home field advantage that they covet so much. And it's been a goal of theirs, I think, going back since they were eliminated in Philadelphia last January. Uh, what's your sense on the injury front as far as how banged up the 49ers came off of the, the Ravens game as it relates to, to Sunday? And, and just kind of your general impressions of a game that everybody thinks they're going to go win, but short week, cross-country flight, all that stuff. Commanders in, in disarray with their, their whole coaching staff and and you know regime being being gone here in in short order with the new ownership just to kind of get into the commanders a little bit 
Well, my my biggest fear going into the Christmas night game was you lose the game, you get injured, and you wake up the next day and it's Tuesday morning. And you're like, damn, we got to go to Washington like now. So it's hard. You know, you, gamblers know and, and sports fans know a, a a road game after a Monday night game is really hard. And when you compound Christmas on top of it and the importance and attention of the game against Baltimore, it was going to be a hard game. And they're, they're getting through it. Uh, yesterday's practice had a little more bounce to it. Wednesday was just a walkthrough. They'll practice today and then go fly and do a walkthrough on Saturday and then go play. But it's a morning game. Ja- Jacoby Brissett will start a quarterback for them over Sam Howell. He's just a big, strong-arm quarterback. He's completely different than Howell. Howell is 6-1. Howell's got a good arm, and he throws the ball a lot. Eric Bieniemy is their new offensive coordinator. They throw it a lot. They get sacked a lot. The thing with uh, Brissett, J.D., is he's so big. He's tough. I've seen him just bounce off of hits. The Jets laid a couple on him last week, and he brought them back. They were down 20 to nothing and 27-7, and they came back and took the lead, 28-27. They wound up losing on a Greg the Leg field goal. But, and he's just a, he's a veteran guy. He's made 48 starts in his career, and he's got a big arm, and he's big and physical, and they're, they've given up a lot of sacks. This could be a game where Nick and Chase Young going back, and, and Chase may actually even start the game. A lot of times when you... When you go home, you want to reward a guy by, you know, playing him more and giving him more of a role, and he may enjoy that. And, um, you know, Howell was on pace for an historic number of sacks. Um, so, you, But Brissett's tough to get on the ground. Terry McLaurin, the wide receiver, is a great player. Logan Thomas, the tight end. Robinson, the back. So this game is somewhat concerning to me. And then on defense, you got those two big tackles, Payne and Allen. Uh, they traded Montez Sweat and they traded Chase, but uh, Martin Mayhew kept those those two guys there, and you're right. I think what the ownership changed to Josh Harris from Daniel Snyder and finally getting away from the toxicity of his ownership for for way too long in the NFL, it, it, they're all going to be gone. They're going to fire Ron Rivera. Ron's a Bay Area guy, obviously, from Cal. Jack Del Rio already got fired. Uh, Martin Mayhew will probably be gone. They may keep him in another role, but they're going to bring in a, a whole new set of you know coaches, decision makers. What do they do with Eric Bieniemy? Uh, they keep him. <laughs> they just gave him a lot of money to be the offensive coordinator, and maybe part of the Kansas City problem is not having the enemy there with Andy Reid. Maybe they but give him I, the job. They give him the head coaching job. Maybe I, you know he's the guy who's never interviewed well before. I think that's why he was held back on being a, a head coach. Some tells me they'll do something splashy. Um, maybe they go get Bill Belichick and they keep the enemy to run the offense. We'll see. We're way ahead of ourselves. But as far as this game. I think the Niners are going to have the proper sense. The, the game Monday night, it wasn't all horrible. They rolled up a lot of yards in the game, and they, it was just five turnovers. You're not going to beat anybody with five if you don't take the ball away. Um, but I, it, I, but there, there's a sense of, of, okay, that happened. And if there's one game to lose, it's the AFC game. You know, you don't want to do it against Baltimore if you see them in the Super Bowl, but we'd love to see them in the Super Bowl. Hell. Um, but if they win these two games, and this game Sunday is challenging, there's no doubt, there is a scenario where the Niners can clinch on Sunday if Detroit loses to Dallas, which is quite possible, and then Philadelphia would have to lose to, to Arizona. It doesn't seem likely that Arizona could stop Philadelphia's running game. But Jonathan Gannon is Arizona's head coach, and, and you know he was the defensive coordinator in Philadelphia, so he ran against that defense, and I think he would know the predictability of Philadelphia's defense and, you know, how they kind of sit there and just run their stuff. And 
you have an idea what they're going to do. You just got to be able to stop it. So, but the game next week against the Rams, if that doesn't occur, that is going to be a huge football game. And the LA Rams are playing as well as anybody in football right now. But I, I do think um, they're kind of over the haze, and it's a weird time between Christmas and and New Year's, and you got family coming in from out of town. And the game was was a, a problem, and they I think they're going to be fine on the offensive line. They're going to have enough guys to to move people around. I heard John talking about Jair Brown's injury, and he did have that early in the game, and that was part of the reason. You know, he lost Gus Edwards on a check down. He came out of blitz and didn't get Lamar on the ground. Lamar's hard to sack, but Jair wasn't quite himself. So I think uh, they're going to have to move some people around in the secondary, and it's quite possible Logan Ryan. Uh, winds up playing uh, quite a bit in this game. A guy who's played a lot of snaps in the NFL and won some Super Bowls with the Patriots. So the secondary will look a little bit different, I think, on Sunday. Uh, the biggest question to me is just with this offensive line. I, you know, what what happened in that game on Monday? The four interceptions were the reason you're in that position, but um, ultimately the offensive line you you will not be able to function if you're dealing with that every week. So where do you think they are with that and? What are the what are the depending on how big the problem is? What are the solutions? John Feliciano is that guy's played great football, and whether you play him at left guard or right guard, he plays left guard for Banks. He plays right guard for Burford. How last year he was the New York Giants' starting center, and he knows how to play these two monsters inside. The strength of the Washington team, I think they got to be their two highest paid players, and their two best players are Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne. They traded Montez Sweat and Chase, but they didn't trade those guys, and they paid them, and they're game records. you got to block them right inside. And everything I'm talking about with Brock and tip balls and six feet, five-eighths of an inch tall and all that, those guys collapsed the pocket. They could wreck the game. So you've got to be strong in the interior. If Banks can't go in this game or Burford, you could slide Feliciano to either spot. So as long as you can get one of them to play, and Burford did play, on Monday night, so I expect him to be able to go. Trent looks like he's practiced the last couple of games, and he got McKivitz at right tackle. So I think they'll be fine on the offensive line. But uh, John Feliciano, guy very, very quietly, has been one of the unsung heroes on this football team. His ability to play either guard spot, and he's gone back and forth uh, between left guard and right guard, and he also can play. He's your backup center as well if Brendel goes down. So I think the way you, you overcome all this, now you don't want to get any injuries during the game. But you do have Matt Pryor back on the roster. You got Ben Barch on the roster, and you got Jalen Moore. So you've got three backups. Let, let, let's just not use them. I mean, now in the NFL, you got eight up on game day because you got the extra linemen on the roster composition. And it used to be seven up on, on game day, but it was such a. I couldn't figure out who was playing where on Christmas night. It was wild. All right. So there is uh, Greg Papa and John Dickinson. Thanks to uh, J.D. Thanks for Adam Copeland over at uh, CanBR, the program director, for uh, asking me to jump on with J.D. And uh, it was a good time. You can check out Greg Papa every day over at CanBR and John Lynch every Friday over at CanBR. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Sunday, everybody. Later. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.